Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. What's happening, everybody? Matt Aguilar here from Comic Book Nation's The Pool List. Uh, we are here to talk all things comics all the time, and I am here with the always amazing Kofi Outlaw, and welcoming back uh, Spencer Perry to the show. What's up, everybody? Thanks for having me. Of course. What's up, Kofi? How you doing? I'm doing good. Digging the hat wear, man. Digging the hat wear. It looks nice. Thank you. <laughs> uh so let's we got a packed show today uh some big this was actually hard to to trim down i feel like i say that a lot but it really is a great time for comics and uh let's start with batman uh we are gonna start with uh chip sadarsky so far in his run has tackled uh we we've had raz al ghul we've had the origin of batman tackled in a new way we've had Ghostmaker added to the mix. We then had him jump in and uh, do his own take on uh, the Batman of uh, Zuran R and do his own twist on that. And now it's the Joker's turn. Uh, we have Joker year one. This starts right here uh, in Batman 142. And uh, I, man, I gotta say, this was not what I was expecting. Again, with Chip, I don't really know what to expect. So I kind of go in with an open mind, uh, but I did not. Uh, expect and we're going to be going into light spoilers so i'm not going to there's a kind of a bigger twist towards the the end that uh, i'll save i won't touch on here but i will say it is a twist and i did not see that coming uh but you know we dive into all facets of the joker uh you know touching even on the three jokers and all of that mess i can feel like i can safely say That's a good word good way to put it yeah. <laughs> um so you know it feels like chip is kind of trying to bring all of that into one uh place and work with that and make this probably at the end streamlined thing um so far man i'm you know i'm riveted i really this was just something joker stories are a little old hat for me i get kind of like you have to convince me to really get into a joker story these days as opposed to just me being excited from the get-go and by the end man i was i was one over i'm interested i'm intrigued to see where this goes next um you know kofi what are you what are you thinking here we, we've been big fans of chips run uh what do you think how is this starting out for you um i think I feel like Homer Simpson in when he's watching tw Twin Peaks after this issue. <laughs> this is brilliant. I have no idea what is going on. Um, which is pretty much how I felt in this book. It's it, it you know that it's touching on so much Joker lore, but it's also doing that thing where 
you're not certain about any of it and like where it fits, if it's authentic, you know, if your narrator or the thing you're seeing is even, you know, really showing you a real depiction of reality. There's a great scene early on where you think this, you know, that Joker's going home to his roots and there's yes. a plays out. And then by the end, you're like, wait, what was this? Like, what just happened here? And so the whole book is kind of like that. But um, as you stated, you can see that Zadarsky, as his become his kind of signature, is pulling all of these loose threads together and trying to do something more significant with them and like kind of more thought out on an overarching scale. And there's a twist in this. And, and of course, servicing his own kind of retcon. <laughs> yeah. At the same time, right? So there's a whole little shout out to one of our favorite books since we were been on the podcast, which is Batman the Night. Uh, we did every issue of that. That was like a whole origin. That was our origin story of the pull list, really, um, was following that series. And so there's a whole tie in with that and, and using the new mythology from from Bruce Wayne's kind of uh, years training as Batman to kind of shake up things with Joker. And it's interesting. And it's just like. I feel like Chip Zdarsky's on a roulette wheel where he just keeps laying down bets and we keep spinning and it's like, all right. And you're like, oh, this is getting exciting. And it's like, but we got to eventually land this whole plane. And, you know, he's taking big swings here. Like there are things that he's doing that reframe, not redefine, but reframe the characters that he's playing with. Like you said, you know, Batman, you know, the Zur Batman has been completely reframed from what, you know, started with Grant Morrison, right? Um, even like our understanding of Bruce Wayne and his relationship to Batman, which is kind of still, I argue, at the at the crux of all this is Zadarsky forcing this conversation between Bruce Wayne and Batman, and and what does it mean to be, you know, each one of these people, and how does Bruce Wayne control and shape Batman? Um, anyway. I say all that to say, like, yeah, I mean, I made the joke about the Homer Simpson thing, but that is still a way of saying I was deeply intrigued by this book. Uh, it was one that made me reread it like at least twice just to kind of go back over everything and, and see if I can't like just piece together how we're moving through different time and space places in this story. Um, but like you said, there's quite a cliffhanger ending that begins to that suggests, and I'm trying to do this without spoilers, that Zdarsky may actually take this whole three Jokers thing and, and blow it out into something that becomes exciting and retroactively sensible for explaining some of this mess later on. So um, I'm locked in. I'm locked into this because I know the path of this story arc and where it's going after this. And I'm locked in for both of, of both of those stories. So I'm here. And uh, like, I mean, we argue this on this show all the time and I'm going to keep saying it till we're blue in the face, but like, yeah, the DC Trinity uh, is are just some of the strongest books out right now. And that Wonder Woman books, Batman books, and Superman books are all three doing intriguing stuff. And I'm locked in. Yeah, so so nice to, to see that. Uh, Spencer, how are you feeling? You know, I'm always going to prefer a version of Joker that is either down on his luck or a version of the Joker that is more in line with sort of the Jack Nicholson, like, you know, like legitimately funny, like criminal rather than the sort of psychotic mastermind that, that he kind of becomes in a lot of these stories. 
So by by that sense, this appeals to me because there's a lot of like down on his luck joker in <laughs> yeah. this. Like real like he's at the lowest rung he's ever been in, 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 in these moments. And it's a lot of fun to read because I think a joker that doesn't have a plan and doesn't know what he's going to do is more interesting than a joker that, you know, just sort of flies by the seat of his pants. And but the 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 issue I sort of run into is that uh once you start to break down and unveil the mystique of the Joker a little bit, I think he loses a little bit of his power and they've sort of been, you know, dancing around that three Jokers tease from new 52 for so long. And, and the fact that the, the book that Johns did is like, you know, addressed it, but it's also not canon. So like, they're going to do their own thing with three Jokers in this book. It's the kind of, it's the kind of mess that you're like, just let it go. Like, like let's, let's <laughs> pretend it never happened. Like you don't have to keep playing with that angle. Like I'm, I'm sure chip has a great idea for it because I think a lot of his stuff in Batman that I've really appreciated has had these sort of like galaxy brain takes on Batman and his mythology. You know, the Zuran R stuff is tremendous and I love the fail state, the fail safe arc at the very beginning. But I, I didn't love Gotham war. So I you know, I, I'm sort of leery about where this one is headed and how it's going to wrap up. Yeah, no, I get it. Um, it's I tend to actually be with you on on the Joker. On uh, those are kind of the two extremes I tend to find most interesting. Um, I do feel like if there is someone because God, well, what I will say is Gotham War was more of a you know a combination right of of teams, so that wasn't completely like a chip led only in that book type thing so i will say that like that hasn't really i really liked gotham war until it ended (laughs) i did not like the finale of that book it didn't quite land yeah that didn't land the plane so for me if we can avoid that in this but i but i do have a lot of faith in in chip that if someone can make that tangled web into something interesting and compelling that can maybe like deal with it and then move on and then take like one interesting tidbit from it and, and move with that as opposed to this third, you know, summer's brother thing we've had going on for how long, right? Like it, it does feel that way. Uh, and I just need someone to address it a little bit and then move on. Let's just, I'm good. I'm the same with you. One Joker was plenty for me. There were enough books with Joker in it before there were two more of him. I'm perfectly fine. But this so far is off to a fantastic start. Uh, anyone else wanted to add anything before I want to say to, uh, Spencer's point, I think that one thing we haven't kind of centered in on is what Zdarsky does here is that's interesting is hammer out a new shelf in the Joker that hasn't been explored before, which is we've all, we've, it's been kind of like in the mythology, it was this instant transformation, right? Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. average guy was average one bad day or whatever the mythology, the origin mythology is became Joker. Um, Chibs at ours, he's carved out a new shelf that says, no, there was like this, you know, something happened to this guy to yeah. like physically transform him and you know start him down some kind of psychosis path but he wasn't full fledged joker that was like a decision and a commitment to a kind of right. to a mantra almost like whereas batman's committed to like you know the law and order that joker's thing isn't just an impulse it's kind of a commitment and we won't spoil how that's presented here but it like we said it it weaves in some of chips earlier kind of retconned mythology 
And so I think that's interesting because, and what I loved about this book was the internal monologue of this half form Joker fighting <laughs> yeah. the, the voice in his head that's leading him to become, you know, full fledged Joker. Like he's just trying to go out to a diner and he sees some guys and then the voice in his head, you know, cracks this horrible joke. And he's like, don't say that. Don't say that. Don't say that. And he can't help. Himself. <laughs> and of course it results in this mass violence in this horrible situation. But like seeing that in the push pool within Joker and seeing that this wasn't instant, it, it's kind of been interesting. I also think like, and I'm praying, this is more wishes than I think expect, but uh, just, just looking at this first chapter, I feel like, we may get out of this by turning the the very idea of Joker production into a thing and having it be like, yeah, this was always kind of cooking in the background that there is a way that Joker isn't like just one person. It was a production and then there was ways to produce more. And of course, that idea is taking taken to an extreme in this book. But yeah, I think if we get out and just have some device that said, yeah, because of this, MacGuffin A, Joker production is a thing. Now we've taken that out and we figured that out. And now Joker production is not going to be a thing going forward. Like, I think we can all get out of this and save face and maybe get back to a, hey, we're down to one Joker type thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, so. building off of what you said, it's like, it, you know, are they building toward a moment where the idea of there being three Jokers is just, you know, his fractured mind passing off the lie that there are three jokers when right. really it's just that you know he's so broken as a person that he feels like multiple people trapped in this one body either way i'm in for it man yeah. like yeah if it turns out to be a hokey device comic book device we throw away and we're like yeah it was never that important they're just <laughs> three because they were all from this you know we go the sinister route over an x-men that they're doing or we just say it's all been a dream and in some crazy man's head. I'm I'm good either way. Let's just get out of this. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Let's get out of the way. Um, yeah, and I will say there are some I, I do love the inner monologue, only because too, there's some shades of if you've read the White Knight books, uh, that was a series that really like lets you see the like duality of the person and Jack trying to kind of fight for control and things like that. But it's cool to see here so early on. Like it, 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 it takes on a different meaning here. Um, and it's, it's really cool. I, I dig it. I, this was actually the, uh, one of the first books I read this week. <laughs> so this was kind of set the tone, set a high bar. Uh, let's move into Marvel's, uh, ultimate universe has its newest entry. Uh, we all gushed about ultimate Spider-Man number one, talking about high bars, set a high bar. And now we have ultimate black Panther number one. Um, this was, uh, if you were paying attention to the, uh, comic book slack, let's say yes, <laughs> yesterday, I think this one was divisive. It's got, this got the combo spicy. Um, this was a, you know, again, I, I, man, I came away. I really enjoyed this, but for different reasons, this one doesn't feel like it took as many, it, the central premise to me doesn't take as big a swing as ultimate. Spidey because just of the nature of he gets his powers later in life and and it really changes how that character approaches those and who that character is kind of intrinsically this one felt more like we're going to tweak a couple different things in in Black Panther's world and where characters are uh and, and that kind of thing and, and change it up but I but I thought especially this scene you're seeing here with and this has been in previews I think so I, I think I can get away with that without saying spoilers like Conchu, the way they use moon Knight and the way they use that whole side of things i thought was brilliant because i i think that makes a really interesting uh enemy 
uh, for Wakanda and Black Panther in general. I think that's a really interesting way to to do that uh, and dive into the different cultures there and mythology. But I I really enjoyed this. I I didn't really see what the, the what all, some of some of the hate was about. <laughs> <laughs> that was me though. I get it. I I understand. Uh, Spencer, you know, you did the review for us. You dove in. What did you think? I I like. I don't love the book because, and I and I think this is where I won't say hate because I don't I don't hate it. But I think perhaps the disappointment I came away from the title with is that you know, ultimate like we said, Ultimate Spider Man set a really hot bar. And the but the the thing that was exciting about it was that it was able to take what we know about that character and really flip it on its head and really do something that Marvel was never going to do with mainline Spider-Man. And I think the issue I have with this start for Ultimate Black Panther is that it's not only not all that different from what we've read out of Black Panther for the past, you know, decade, you know, it, it really is very, very similar to the version of the character and the country and the supporting cast from the MCU. And mm. frankly, you know, I think the version of Black Panther that's happening in the mainline universe with e-viewing is a more radical take on Black Panther than this <laughs> is because, you know, you in that you have T'Challa at his lowest point sort of being a vigilante in like the slums of, you know, different sections of Wakanda. Whereas this is like, it's pretty much what you expect. He's the king, you know, his throne looks the same as it looks in the movies. Shuri looks the same as she looks in the movies. All the technology, the city looks the same as it does in the movies. I will say that the thing that I find most interesting and which is sort of where it diverges a little bit from its sort of MCU counterpart is that I get big Dune vibes from this take on Black Panther, especially because they have this, uh, the, the Vodou Khan yeah. sort of like new sect of Wakandan lore and royalty that he sort of has to answer to. Which are like, you know, they're the Benny Gesserit from Dune. It's 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 basically that, basically those characters, but but applied to Black Panther. And you can sort of see where the internal political strife is forming in the supporting cast, which is also in, you know, the other place where it sort of diverges. But you know, it it, it it'll take time for those things to be explored. And right now it's like this is this is kind of just Black Panther that we've seen before, but which isn't a bad thing though, because it still looks great. And we, you know, yeah, Black Panther is a fun character to read. It's gorgeous. Kofi, how are you feeling about the ties? Do you feel like it's a little bit too close to MCU? Was it original enough? How are you feeling? Uh, first of all, happy Black History Month to all my fellow Wakandans. But uh, sure, I'll go last on this one. Let's go. Um, I will say that <laughs> it is. I get. Spencer's criticism and I get like kind of the criticism, but there, I mean, taking aside the recency bias of, of ultimate Spider-Man relaunch, like the, for me, I always remember that the ultimate universe in the beginning was really, it wasn't like radically different, like ultimate Spider-Man, you know, from back in the day, Bendis is not that different from Spider-Man. It was just updated for the times. I think that with Ultimate Black Panther, Marvel doesn't want to take uh, that big of a swing because I think the issue has been after the success of these Black Panther movies, there's been this whole widespread kind of demographic of people who are now aware of Black Panther. But I don't think it's made mainstream Marvel Black Panther comics more accessible to a wider demographic. I think they've been 
just even with the great lineup of talent that has jumped into those comics over the last five to 10 years, I still think they've been weighted down by so much Marvel lore and kind of comic bookiness that mainstream people can't get into that. I feel like this is kind of like that original concept of, okay, we know Black Panther now exists in this kind of sphere within pop culture. Let's try to reflect that and give something people they can jump into that feels more familiar to them. So I think it is very intentional that this has a lot of the same beats, as you said, as the MCU. And they streamline a lot of that stuff. Um, But it also does kind of what I like in an ultimate or even a what if story, which is just I like the small tweaks that kind of change up important dynamics, right? So in this one, like just having T'Chaka still around at this old age or having a Koye having been moved out of her warrior class and into being kind of T'Challa's consort and all the other character beats and Shuri's a very different character in this. And kind of those tweaks for me are what's interesting here. And I like, and I think as soon as I saw this ultimate universe in ultimate invasion being set up and this whole larger premise for the world, with the maker and his lieutenants and them kind of feigning these conflicts and doing all that. One of the things that got me excited for this book was the geopolitical differences, right? That this is a conflict within Africa with it between, you know, the followers of Khonshu and Ra who are kind of united versus Wakanda who still has to kind of enter the fray at this point and really expose themselves to the world. So that geopolitical difference really carried a lot of weight for me and it kind of the remixed character dynamics in that situation are what I'm finding to be intriguing. Like, I don't think I'm going to get the same kind of T'Challa Black Panther out of this that I did, like even from the movies or the past comics, because it's already looking like him and his sister are going to be headed for something very different than we saw. I also liked the kind of, other universe expansion teases that I want to see. Like, you know, we get like a new Killmonger in this and, and how that comes about was pretty dope. And like that whole scene and the action scenes in this are very cinematic and, and very well drawn and just kind of exciting. And there is this kind of overarching threat with this, as you're seeing in the pages, this marching army of baddies that I don't need to, the squid game baddies that I don't need to know too much about, (laughs) but like they are menacing enough. So there's, I think this book is like really a good geopolitical thriller in a weird way. Yeah. And I'm kind of enjoying it on that level more so than like a superhero story, because when we get down to it, there is very little superheroing in this book. And so like, I think they very purposefully kind of start off on a different foot, but I'm intrigued and like, yeah, I was less disappointed and more intrigued, but I was more intrigued than I thought I was going to be. I thought I was going to come into this and be like, okay, let's just, okay, new Black Panther doesn't look all that different. I don't know how different you can get with Black Panther without pissing people off, but here we go. And I was pleasantly surprised by the level of intrigue I got out of this. Yeah, no, I, I think there are two kinds of, there were always two kinds of ultimate books in the past uh, when, you know, it was either the kind of radical reinventions or it was the let's tweak a few things, but make it a perfect launching point for new fans. Um, sometimes some books manage to find both, but I always thought there were typically like two types of ultimate books. And it looks like we're going to get that formula here as well. And I, I think that's what I liked about Black Panther for all those things Kofi said. I, I liked how streamlined and approachable it was. I could hand that book to 
anybody who's interested in the character or has heard or seen the movies and go like, hey, here's a perfect hopping on point. It's gorgeous. It has all of the different facets of the character that I enjoy, but tweaked and and fresh ways. And so I I thought like for that, I think it it can be that for the for the ultimate books uh, and leave some of the kind of more radical reinventions to, to other things. Um, anyone want to note anything, though, before we we move? Now we're getting the clock check, so I think we got yeah. it. <laughs> That's us moving. All right, so uh, let's do real quick a uh, record pass on the on our two main books here before we move on to other things. Uh, let's start with Batman. Um, Spencer, what are we, uh, thumbs up, thumbs down? Yeah, I'm going to give it a thumbs up because, you know, it's a, it's not that the world is deprived of Joker stories because we certainly aren't, but this is, this is one of the more unique ones that we've had in a while. Kofi, what you saying? Big thumbs up, uh, thumbs up on Zadarsky's run, and yeah, yeah, same. I am. Uh, he has yet to really do me wrong, so uh, the the streak is is still going. We'll give it a thumbs up. Uh, Ultimate Black Panther, Kofi. Uh, I feel like I know what the answer will be. <laughs> thumbs up, thumbs up, uh, thumbs up, because I think this is one of those books that new readers can get into Black Panther and will be excited about. Spencer. Yeah, uh, thumbs up as well, which is to say that it, it's a great looking book. Black Panther is always fun to read, even if he's very similar to how he's been you know, written for the past few years. But, it, you know, it's, it's, it's a great jumping on point, even if it is very similar. And yeah, I will uh, do a thumbs up as well. I think this is a so far, I feel like we're two for two. So <laughs> hoping yeah. this continues for the ultimate universe. Um, moving into rapid fire reviews. Uh, Kofi, I know there was a book you wanted to touch on. Uh, it's a, it's a favorite of the show. I feel like we can say at this point, at this point. Yeah, it is. Uh, that would be birds of prey. Number six, uh, that came out. And, um, I just want to say this whole birds of prey run has been just... fantastic. And I think we, we didn't, we haven't Kelly Thompson did such a great job with this. We haven't gotten to talk about it a lot on the show, but if you want to read this collected volume of these first six issues, you are in for a real treat. Uh, it won a golden issue. Did it win a golden issue award for us? Or she I won. Yeah, she really won. did. Yeah. Yeah. She won best writer. Okay. So and with good reason. And I love that this wrapped up a storyline while just in the com most comic book way launches a whole new story arc that already has me locked in for that too. So artwork, fantastic, writing, fantastic, and one of the best Birds of Prey takes I've seen. Yeah, man, this uh, I I want to talk, always want to talk about this book more. Kelly Thompson had a banner year. She went from an excellent run on Captain Marvel to The Coal to Black Cloak. Those are both still going, and those are both great. And then Birds of Prey, and that has been killing it. So she's she's on a monster run right now. Yeah. Um, well, and and I'm gonna move into uh, hey hey Power Rangers. We knew it was gonna talk about, it, but this is a big week. This is a week I've been looking forward to for a while, and many Power Rangers fans have. So that's because um, Amy Jo Johnson, uh, the original Pink Ranger, and Matt Hodson are teaming up on a new comic series uh, that features the original team and is set, you know, twenty something. Uh, actually more than 20 something odd years later uh, after their time as Rangers has come to an end. Uh, and so it really kind of, you know, people have always talked about the wanting to see what their lives were like uh, in the future and do a show and get the cast together and things like that uh, for years and years and years. This comic does that. Uh, and then there's some really, you know, we talked about big swings earlier. There's some big swings in this book for 
how characters have reacted some characters uh you know like there's there's one ranger who you know told everyone his identity uh and who he was wrote a (laughs) tell-all and uh has like kind of become like a huge celebrity uh and uses that you know to do all kinds of things, uh, both self-gratifying and also, you know, some altruistic stuff as well. Uh, there's, you know, one who started a company. There's one who has a completely different identity, one who's struggling uh, with not being able to help people. And so that that kind of brings this group together. There are some twists along the way. This is a Kimberly book, um, but it's a it still does a really good job of of like getting you invested in these in these characters uh into what life would be like uh after you know saving the world so many times and and what does life without morphing into a superhero look like for not just people who all went through the same thing but you know some people lost more than others uh and so it it delves into that uh it deals with legacy there's some really cool stuff here i will say also it does help that uh the artist definitely took on some likenesses to the actors people look like themselves just older you know what i mean like zach's hairline's a little further back (laughs) um uh you know there's some grays in the temples and things like that so i'm so this was a really interesting thing i'm excited for people to read it you can check out my full review uh, on comicbook.com but i think this was a there's a lot of hype and anticipation for this but I think it it delivered something really interesting. Um, you know, I don't agree with all the decisions. I look at certain characters like, why would you do that? You know, like there's some of those there, but I think that's good. That means it's challenging preconceived notions and assumptions and stuff. So that's a good thing. Uh, it wasn't just everyone lived happily ever after. So uh, very interested in that. So that is out today. Uh, there's a lot of comics, though. It's always hard to trim this down. We got to get out of here. But uh, any uh, any last notes, any, any books you want to throw out, anyone? If I can uh, very quickly plug one, there's a new series that just started from uh, uh, Ram V, the writer on Detective Comics right now, and one of my favorite BPRD artists, Lawrence Campbell. It's called The One Hand. It's sort of a neo-noir oh, uh, you know, detective story set in, you know, I think it's like 28, 24 or something. It's, it, you know, fans of Blade Runner will definitely want to look into this one. It's very cool. Awesome. Kofi? Uh, no, let's go. We get a ski-daddle. All right. Uh, We will catch you next week. Thank you so much for everyone who watches, who listens. Uh, Feel free to let us know your recommendations, what you went ahead and pulled from the comic store. And until next week, deuces.